the show, Five Shot Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Michael. Before we get into it, become part of the notification squad by hitting the bell next to the subscribe button on YouTube. Welcome to another episode of Five Stripe Weekly, and Atlanta United have started their preseason with some matches now, and the 2024 season feels like it's underway a little bit. So uh, yeah, definitely exciting times, but before we get into the review and all the news and, uh, of course, the preview for the next preseason match. We will give some shout-outs to the Patreon, uh, the loyal members that uh, keep us running. But uh, much love to Gavin, Jordan, Niall, Andrew, Chris. Uh, we love you. We love you. But, uh, yeah, as well, uh, if you're new around here, uh, help us get to... 10,000 subs on uh, YouTube, it definitely very much helps us, and uh, yeah, we noticed that a bunch of you that are watching are not subscribed, why not, but anyway, let's get into the news, and so, yeah, the Five Stripes, uh, yeah, they took the pitch, uh, took to the pitch on Saturday, and uh, yeah, it was... I mean, definitely uh, a very interesting match against the Birmingham Legion where, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of uh, chopping and changing on purpose. It's, uh, you know, more or less for fitness, but the starting 11 was definitely something that uh, had a mix of uh, not only homegrowns, but first 11 players and among them or amongst them. Uh, were new boy Steon Gregerson and also Derek Williams, uh, but also uh, yeah, uh, homegrown Luke Brennan. He got the start on the right, as well as Yorgos Yakamakis up top and Shonda Silva. And uh, yeah, of course, though uh, unfortunately Bartosz Slish isn't able to uh, play quite yet. Still awaiting his visa, but uh, Gregerson. Maybe he was low-key, uh, you know, training because how uh, did he, he... He got okayed with his visa this week. So, very interesting that he got 30 minutes. But, uh, you know, uh, we won't tell if he won't. So, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely... Uh, I think uh, in spite of the weather that, uh, yeah, definitely pushed back the game... Uh, it made the first 30 minutes, yeah, I mean, a, uh, a, a tough go of it in some senses, but, uh, yeah, we were able to, of course, score with Yorgos Yakomakis, and, uh, but, uh, yeah, and then, you know, another goal as well by Nick Firmino, but, yeah, how did you see the first, uh, I guess, you know, the first heat, uh, in the first 30 minutes from the starting eleven? So I just want to start by saying we're back, back in action. Five Stripe action is back. I'm excited for that. Boy, it's been a little while, obviously, but, um, you know, we finally, the drought is at least a little bit over. Um, we haven't yet be able to see us in, you know, full power. I really want to see Sleece out there. I really want to, you know, get Almada back. I want to have the full operational battle station ready to go and see what it can finally do. It's going to be really exciting for this first 30 minute session. I mean, this is this is all training. This is all, you know, 
nothing to really analyze too much but at the end of the day you want the team to win and that's exactly what they did to start this first 30 minute session um you saw goals you saw well-worked plays even with some newer kinds of people in the um in the starting 11 that we had out there and Firmino looked all right. Everyone kind of looked pretty good. There's just a couple of little flubs here and there. I remember Stian had a uh, moment where he just kind of touched the ball a little too hard and lost control of it and had to backtrack because the other team uh, got the turnover. That was a little bit of a silly little flub. I mean, Dax McCarty had something similar in the second uh, part of the the, the second 30-minute session <laughs> where he actually um, mentioned it in his tweet, his post-game tweet about it, where, he, you know, he's like that emoji with the, the water droplet on the side of his head saying like, eh, you know, kind of had a little bit of an oopsie there. Picked an entire bouquet of oopsie daisies. But, you know, it was uh, it's all good because it's all practice. Um, like he said, you know, getting all the rust out off. And uh, yeah, um, I thought we looked fine. We pretty much dominated a team. We absolutely should have dominated in USL. I mean, it's always scary when you're having some tough times against teams like that. Even if it's preseason, even if we don't have our full complement, we should still be winning. Even if it's not convincing, we should still be winning. I'll always say that. And we did. So I'm happy there. No issues, no alarm bells. In the past, we've had alarm bells in preseason, even though you can't really read into it very much. But they were still there. This year, not. So I'm happy about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, you know, it's a side that's, I mean, I think if you're not ready in the preseason, they can surprise you. Uh, and I think, yeah, it, it looked like, uh, you know, the team, every team, uh, every 11, yeah, was pretty much up for the match in terms of uh, knowing what their purpose was, which was, uh, yeah, I mean, get the match fitness, don't get injured, and play to the best of your ability at the moment uh, according to your fitness. And I think that's, uh, you know, that was achieved. Uh, and yeah, definitely goals from Yakumakis also is just very, very good. I mean, it hits the ground running. That's, uh, that's a very good sign because he scores goals in bunches. And uh, yeah, if he can, uh, you know, start off the season off like just kicking and, you know, to it, to, you know, the ability that we know he can, uh, it's going to be really, really good and a very good sign. Uh, and Nick Firmino as well. I mean, just uh, this kid that, uh, you know, in age 23, yes, this will be a big year for him. Uh, there will be a lot of moments where Thiago Amato will be away on international duty. Uh, and that's if we keep him, of course, we shall see. But, uh, yeah, as well, it's, uh, you know, it's this uh, apparently, anyway, uh, yeah, Gonzalo Pineda, he spoke about it in the post-match press conference. He said that the midfield box shape was a little bit more of a 5-2-2-1. And, uh, yeah, so definitely we kind of overloaded in, uh, in there and kind of allowed Yorgos Yakomakis to pretty much do his thing where, uh, yeah, I mean, tip of the spear, like uh, Michael likes to say a lot, and it's... Yeah, we were able to feed him, and uh, that's absolutely very, very good. He uh, he was able to, you know, turn in the box, and I mean, you know, it's not a player that you want to turn or allow to turn. 
in that box. He is quite dangerous, especially on his right. I mean, that was just, yeah. I mean, it could be a little bit the uh, the, the defending, but, man, like, he was able to, uh, you know, do what we expected of him. But uh, as well, uh, you know, the uh, that first heat, uh, yeah, Aiden McFadden, he played... Uh, yeah, as a fullback, and I think it's kind of expected a little bit. Uh, but I think what was super great, uh, you know, was to see some of the other players that's uh, in the second group, uh, where Noah Cobb and uh, you know paired along with Luisa Brom. That's a very interesting pairing there. Uh, you know, obviously Noah Cobb, uh, homegrown. I mean, he looked good. Like it's yes against the USL side, but he was a player that looked assured. Uh, he man, he's got some pace on him, especially for a center back. I mean, it's just yeah, he was uh, I think a standout in that group. Uh, Lennon was one of the fullbacks on that end, and uh, yeah, Russo, a uh, a young kid, was played at left back. Uh, yeah, and so yeah, in that first heat, you know, you kind of saw. Saw Ronald, Ronald Hernandez, uh, you know, as uh, the left back there, and so you know, currently, that's pretty much our uh, fullback depth. I think it, it just shows, yeah, we do still need somebody uh, to, you know, uh, in the steed of Caleb Wiley, uh, a left footer probably as well, but yeah, uh, a Johnny Fortune, Derek Etienne Jr., who. Uh, Gonzalo Pineda, uh, very interestingly uh, mentioned, could be a player that uh, plays at different positions. Uh, so maybe at the 10 when Tiago Amato's out and, uh, you know, of course, left wing and maybe right wing as well. Uh, yeah, during the broadcast, they mentioned, you know, possibly at striker. Uh, I don't really quite see that, nor... That'll be dark days. Yeah, that'll be dark days. And, uh, nor do I really see him at the 10, really. I mean, yes, I know he plays uh, that for the international team that he plays for, but it's it's this. Uh, you kind of want your number 10 to be, you know, it's your second striker uh, at times. You want him to be able to score or assist. And right now, unfortunately, you know, in terms of his last season, he wasn't really able to provide that. But, you know, if he's comfortable there... Uh, possibly we'll and he didn't see, really but... show much to change that in this preseason friendly either right and uh yeah still only 30 minutes so we're not going to write him off or anything like that but uh you know in terms of reassurance from hearing that uh, yeah not sure not sure about that quite yet but uh, and because, but yeah. because he's not gone yet either i want him to do extremely well this yes. season to have a breakout season and i want yes. You know, um, if we need to call upon him to fill in some roles, I want him to be able to slot in and, you know, knock it out of the park. So hopefully he can. I mean, with the amount of money we're paying him, like, <laughs> I yeah. want to see some production, buddy. So let's let's get Absolutely. it. For sure, for sure. And, uh, yeah, as well, uh, you know, new boys, uh, Dax McCarty. Uh, yeah, he was able to get in there in that second heat, as well as Jamal, Jamal Tiare. And uh, Saba Lapsenitze and Tyler Wolf. Uh, yeah, I think Jamal Tiara looked very sprightly. And uh, yeah, kind of a different element than what we've seen him uh, be able to kind of provide. Uh, yeah, he was able to kind of combine on the left a little bit, uh, hold up play a, a bit more. And 
show some of the qualities that he's got. And uh, yeah, I think uh, you know if he can show and you know incorporate more of his game into uh, kind of uh, what we need, I think it's going to be a very very good uh, second. Uh, second string striker that uh, we have brought in so you know uh, definitely very good there Sabalop Sinitze, uh yeah also looked very energetic uh, you could <laughs> spot him from a mile away with his low socks as well it's uh, it was uh, gorgeous white legs are <laughs> seen from a mile away but uh, yeah it's uh, yeah I think this uh, this group may be a little less impressive in some regards, but, uh, you know... Uh, they seemed a think... little bit more uh, disconnected and a little bit more frenetic yeah. and kind of jumbled, uh, disorganized than the first one. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's to be expected a bit um, with the infusion of the some of the other players that normally won't be in that squad. Um, so it is what it is. It's not like, like we said, it's not that big of a deal that they weren't able to fully get a cohesive unit together for the second 30 minute uh session i'm a little surprised i didn't score um i was expecting something maybe from jamal or saba but it was not to be um with, with players like that you expect something maybe to happen but it is what it is and johnny too was also very wild uh very very good looking um fast like adroit I, I really like his gameplay um when he comes on i'm not i'm not like oh we're sending this we're selling this game like it's like i think we actually still have a good shot so it's good when your backups um can still instill some confidence when they come on and we haven't had that in a while it's like sometimes yeah. when some of our subs have come on i feel like they might as well be carrying a giant white flag oh yeah for sure for sure but uh yeah uh, someone who's not uh, carrying a white flag, uh, and I think was, what's interesting is, so Brad Zan started in the first heat, in the second heat, it was Josh Cohen, and uh, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I think he looked solid, his uh, distribution was uh, was good, he had to make a save. He had to make uh, a couple. Yeah, and, uh, but yeah, there was one where he was fully stretched, and uh, yeah, that, uh that was definitely an effort that uh, yeah, needed to be made, but it showed, yeah, some good, uh, you know, some good things from Cohen that, uh, you know, we'll, I think, expect fully out of a starter, probably. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a quote-unquote, you know, position battle, but uh, I, I think we, we know that, you know, <laughs> there's one winner here, I think, but... Uh, you know, maybe we could be surprised. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I bet Brad starts the first game. I'm calling it now. Yeah, I yeah, bet it he could does. be that. It could be that, and then, and then the, it's... the crowd. Everyone's gonna be like, "Why is he starting? Why is it?" Well, it's I don't even I like again. I don't think he's gonna start the majority yeah. of games this season. But I just see him starting the first game, and then everyone losing their their minds. Right. Exactly. But uh, yeah, you know, it'll be. You know, one of the I guess preseason, uh, you know, things of contention or maybe uh, things to look for, but uh, yeah, you know, everyone's gonna probably have their opinion on it, and yeah, let us know what you guys think in those comments below. But what'd you think uh, of the Legion's goal? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a uh, it's a bit sloppy, but I mean, I think we, you know. It's it's preseason. I, I think we can forgive it. 
but it's it's just one of those like okay all right like ultimately um you know like we're not gonna be super sharp on both ends so i'll look to the positives and you know yakomakis and uh firmino scoring uh especially yeah we haven't talked about nick firmino's goal i mean i think it was very well taken uh especially you know cu- cutting in on that left side a little bit uh you know at least with his right foot there uh it's near post it's uh you know i think it's yeah i mean really i, I think it's a you know instinctive goal like it's something that he um you know being the the leading scorer for the twos last season uh, I mean, that, that's that's what he was doing. He was, uh, you know, finding himself in the box and, you know, being able to be clinical. And I think that's uh, maybe the the likeness that maybe we can inc- compare to Tiago Mata is that both of them will score goals. And so, you know, I think uh, that's something that will be amazing to uh, to be able to see. But, uh, yeah, it's the distribution. It's the running the game that uh, Nick Firmino will see. We'll see if that's uh, something he can do at the next level. And I hope he can. I mean, he's definitely a very promising player. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's definitely someone that has deserved this, uh, you know, this first-team contract. But, uh, yeah, that third group. And and, and it doesn't – it's not often that you get a chance to – you know, develop and market and sell at 10, you know? Yeah, so that's true. pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I think he's, it, it, it's a little bit of this. I mean, I don't know if they're like for like in terms of uh, 10s per se. I think Nick Firmino is a little bit more of like a number eight that is just a, a player that can uh, find the back of the net uh, with more frequency. And... Yeah, what do you call that, AJ? It's a 10. <laughs> but, you know, he's got some ability uh, going backwards as well. So I think that's where it's like, okay, you know. Uh, it's like a, a Martin Odegaard. It's like, a, you know, uh, the more modern eights, uh, which are, you know, more or less 10s that are going backwards a little bit more too. Like a Kevin De Bruyne as well. Uh, he's not just a straight 10, you know, uh, Bernardo Silva, those type of players that, yeah, can just uh, incorporate uh, a little bit more in their game uh, because, yeah, the 10s are kind of going out of style, at least recently. But I wonder if he knows uh, that. I wonder if he models his game after the modern style of the 10 and, you know, the, the fusion with, like, some of the eight responsibilities. Um, and that's, the you know, the kind of the pathway he's looking to take. Right. I mean, I, I think if he were wise and he were uh, getting good advice, he should. Uh, and, yeah, because if uh, MLS is his level or, you know, beyond, I mean, it's probably MLS. But, uh, you know, I think any player that uh, is more in that mold would fashion themselves to make sure that they're doing both ends. So Thiago Mata included, you know, for him to get to the biggest sides, he's got to work on his defensive side too uh pressing everything like every aspect of his game to really truly you know uh one be the best player on the pitch and also get the move that he truly desires so uh but yeah we'll get to all that but uh yeah this third group uh 
really impressive, actually. Uh, Academy players, U16 for most of them except for Quentin Westberg in goal and Edwin Morales, of course, uh, you know, uh, he was playing with them as well. Uh, or not Edwin Morales, sorry. But anyway. Uh, Efren. Yeah, so Efren. And uh, yeah, so, uh, but yes, they pretty much held it down. Like it was... <laughs> Like, they were holding was, on, but they held on. Exactly. And for it to be pretty much squeaky bum time, like that, this is usually when you bring on veterans. But uh, yeah, they were able to keep that scoreline exactly what it was. And uh, yeah, maybe there was a little bit of the fatigue setting in for the Legion. But I mean, these kids were battling. These kids uh, didn't back down from a, a duel. They looked very very good and uh yeah while i'm not gonna expect a ton from them going forward i mean there were some standouts ashton gordon we'll talk about him in a bit uh yeah i mean it's uh as well the the best name (laughs) i think ever uh at least for la united so far rocket rita rita also looked very good but uh (laughs) i mean honestly can you think of a better name it's a tough one. It's a, it's a really good one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rocco Rios Novo is pretty pretty awesome, but I think That's true, his yeah. mustache did uh, usurp his name, I think, a little bit. Yeah. In terms of, but, uh, man, it's hard-pressed, I think, to find a better name. But, yeah, it's like uh, a comic book character. It is. I know, yeah, it's got the alliteration as well as just, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess it's like Rocket Raccoon or something like that. It's, uh, yeah, you know, to get real geeky here. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we were able to win this match. Uh, it's, you know, we, we showed uh, some elements that I think, yeah, some good things to build on, uh, some fluidity in some of the, uh, the lines. Uh, yeah, I mean, lacking in some regards where, uh, you know, defensively, uh, I think, yeah, you know, there's there's moments. Uh, Stan Gregerson, though, uh, you know, that little gaff aside, it looked like he was uh, wanting to jump into the play. Did you Definitely, see that sprint he did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, that's what it is. That was yeah, amazing. It's like, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's Miles Robinson plus a little bit because he's trying to get into the play, which Miles Robinson doesn't really do. Of course, he's more of that safety valve. But uh, Gregerson, uh, you know, at one moment, you know, kind of pulling a little bit like an LGP where it's like, okay, he'll go on a walkabout. And that's okay. If as long as somebody covers his position, I'm good with that. And so, yeah, because that, know, that unbalances uh, other teams so much. Exactly. And yeah, that that's how you break down deep blocks in which case uh yeah we definitely have faced a lot of that uh at home so and he knows yeah. he said he knows that's a speciality going yes. up against deep blocks and there was a cb yeah. running in and taking a man away from defense so then one of our offense guys can get open i mean that's that's huge yeah like you said we didn't see that very often outside of like a couple of players who did it for us in the past but yeah that's huge and i'm excited to see uh if he can do that inconsistently against some of the better teams at mls right 
So, yeah, definitely uh, an encouraging first preseason match. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, uh, Pineda even mentioned that, uh, yeah, while there were some things that he liked, uh, they have still have plenty of work to get techniques correct on aspects like the mid-block they're implementing. Uh, progression is... Uh, the name of the game in preseason. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's definitely... But did you th- did you think that we passed the Tristan Mayumba test? Mm. Did we have rhythm this game? Oh, I mean, as long as you keep dancing, uh, I think the message will get over to Mayumba. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, you know, I think that's what, what needs to happen. Uh, Michael, you need to record you dancing. Send it over tr- to Tristan Mayumba. And, uh, you know, we'll make sure that, uh, you know, the rhythm does continue. I'm getting right on that. Yes. Awesome. But uh, I I look very much forward to what kind of dance you're going to do. But (laughs) the uh, so the next match is against Memphis 901 in Athens. And uh, yeah, Uh, you know, we'll have a little bit of a preview of that but let's get into the news then and uh yeah unfortunately it was announced that edwin mascara he is out four to six weeks with a groin injury uh that's definitely uh very annoying but yeah he suffered that of course on international duty with colombia uh and caleb wiley unfortunately is out two to four weeks with a shoulder injury uh i mean obviously I think they're just taking a little bit, you know, some precaution probably with that. Uh, you know, I mean, a shoulder injury doesn't necessarily mean that you're unable to play, I feel like sometimes. But, uh, I mean, I think, you know, being safe in the preseason, that's probably better. That's, you know, just smarter. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to have an impact on our uh, who starts. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's as well i think the what i mean is like that that start of the the actual season caleb wiley likely will not be ready and yeah we will probably have to uh start one of ronald hernandez or Ana mcfadden for you know a spell so that i think has a bigger impact at least in the beginning of the season uh and maybe some of the results per se because caleb wiley obviously uh, his pace, his uh, defensive ability, uh, yeah, is going to be able to keep us uh, in some matches, I think, definitely later on in the season. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be a little bit different early on. Uh, any thoughts on those injuries? Um, yeah, I think you kind of covered it. Um, I mean, if he's not in for the first match against Columbus, I mean... We probably weren't going to win that one anyway, so it is what it is. Hopefully he's ready to go for the one after that. Um, but in terms of the, there's an injury, almost an injury during the pregame that had me worried for a second. I was like, oh goodness, no. When Zonde went down. Yeah. That. But it was through a kick. And yeah. it was, uh, yeah, not a muscular injury nor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, any soft tissue. So thankfully... It seems like we're unscathed, and uh, yeah, we have a. When you came back on, I was like, "Thank goodness!" <laughs> right, and yeah, to to talk about that as well. There's a new rule being implemented uh, mm-hmm. that was tried out in MLS Next Pro, but now, uh, yeah, essentially, you know, if you 
are injured and you go down and you stay down, you have to be off of the pitch for at least three minutes until the ref will whistle you back on. Unfortunately, there was a little bit longer of a wait than three minutes. It was about five minutes. And uh, yeah, I mean, it will deter players from just maybe diving, but it also, okay, at what discretion and, you know, the fourth official is going to have to keep it really, really tight where, okay, yeah, it's not where, you know, a, uh, a team is playing uh, one man down for, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is in terms of uh, in a half, what uh, 45 is, like 9%, 9% of the match, if you... <laughs> If you get, uh, yeah, you know, pretty much stopped on the sidelines for 9% of the match just because uh, of an injury that was a legitimate injury, that could be very upsetting for a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely on the refs to make yeah. sure things are tight around that. But Yeah, well, uh, not to belabor the point at all, but, like, it's... Yeah. The refs, I believe, that were in this game in particular, this preseason match, were not even the regular refs that MLS uses. Um, you know, that whole negotiation between um, Pro and everyone else is uh, in MLS is um, still going on. So that could still be, you know, a specter, you know, over the entire season if things don't yes. get hashed out. Yep. And uh, yeah, it could be scabs, pretty much, uh, in that sense. You just and, got uh, a preview of what that's like in the yep. preseason game, so. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's that could just be a microcosm of uh, what could be happening. It's That's the thing. Like, as much as refs are maligned, it could be worse. <laughs> it's scary. But... Uh, anyway, yeah, let's move on swiftly into some uh, some delightful news, uh, at least for Thiago Almada and Argentina, the U23s. But uh, Almada, he scored again and then again and then assisted uh, for uh, Javier Mascarano's side. And, I mean, that's three goals in two games and an assist. The man is beasting. And, uh, yeah, obviously I think the U23s, it's a it's a level below, probably for him, but I mean this uh, this is putting him in the shop window. It's probably going to add a you know a couple mil to uh, to his transfer up. fee. Exactly. So it ain't too bad, and as well, I mean there is that rumor. But uh, yeah, before we get into that, like, do you uh, yeah do you have some thoughts on uh, you know Chagomata with uh, Argentina U23s? Uh, it's to be expected him to light it up. I mean, he's he's captaining, right? I mean, everyone's looking to him to be the one to really light the game on fire, and he has. So, you know, that's making big waves in Argentina and uh, in the South American part of the world. So it's exciting for us. It's exciting for him. I mean, it's only good. Only good things that are coming out of this tournament so far for him and then in a trickle-down effect for us too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely well said. And, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> there's another day, another rumor for Thiago Amato. And, yes, this time, according to Gianluca De Marcio, uh, Italian side Fiorentina, they have asked about, about Amato. And uh, on 
uh, Monday, they apparently asked about how much uh, Tiagamano would be. It was going to be around 25 million euros, uh, and they apparently thought it might be too high. Uh, they might try again, so uh, we'll see. But Fiorentina, I mean, a good, I think... Yeah, a Serie A side that has been a stalwart in that league. Uh, definitely, I mean, one of the storied Italian sides for sure. It'd be, yeah, I mean, I feel like it wouldn't be a, a bad side for him to move to. Uh, but, you know, $25 million, probably still a little bit under what uh, ultimately we would want to take. But, I mean, if... Uh, yeah, you know, and, and if they go beneath that, I don't know. I just, I mean, it, it could be where if Almada really wants to go, uh, to, you know, to a side like Fiorentina, I mean, do we do it? What do you think? Uh, it's always if the number is right and if that's somewhere Tiago wants, thinks he can use that as a springboard to achieve his goals in Europe. Uh, it, those are the boxes that need to be checked, and if they're checked, then... I think everyone's going to pretty much sign off on it. Right. And so, yeah, obviously uh, it would unsettle us a little bit. Uh, and we still yeah. have, uh, you know, the, the transfer window to kind of uh, make some moves to a degree. Uh, I think in the European window, though, uh, that might be, yeah, where we maybe are not going to be able to get a player from Europe. But, uh, you know, maybe from another league or, you know, intra-league. We might be able to, but uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, Almada, like it's, I think it's obvious to a degree that yes, he wants to go to Europe. He wants to go to uh, a Champions level side, Champions League level side, if possible, uh, you know, and there's a likely reason why he's with the U23s right now. It's, uh, you know, it's keeping sharp. It's. Uh, as well, you know, that shop window like we were talking about. So, you know, we'll see. But uh, I feel like, you know, since that was a Monday one, we're filming this uh, full transparency on a Tuesday. They haven't come back for him yet. I mean, it's one day, but still, uh, I think if they were, like, really bullish, they might uh, have already tried to make uh, that type of offer. Maybe they're trying to weigh their options. But, yeah, we'll see. But... Uh, yeah, moving on from that, uh, Arthur Blank, he was uh, honored by the Sports Business Journal's Lifetime uh, Achievement Award for 2024, and he'll be honored at the Sports Business Awards on May 22nd in New York City. But uh, yeah, it's in recognition of his profound impact on three sports and one American city, of course, being Atlanta. I mean, yeah best owner in sports i would say i mean yeah it's uh it's one of those uh you know he always backs his teams uh whether <laughs> whether he backs the uh the managers or front office members too much that's a whole nother thing but uh you know i think one thing you can say is uh that's you know he does absolutely uh show out for the city and Atlanta is absolutely, I think, grateful for him as an owner. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, you know, this is, I think, absolutely well-deserved. 
But uh, yeah, you have any thoughts on this uh, this recognition for Arthur Blake? No, I completely agree. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, w- there was a definitely interesting bit of news that uh, also came out uh, where, uh, yeah, the Falcons, they hired a new head coach. And uh, in that, there was a semi-lateral move uh, for Rich McKay, who... Uh, yeah, is now uh, CEO of AMBSE, and uh, yeah, he apparently will now be Garth Lagerway's direct supervisor. Uh, I guess people that are familiar with the Falcons, uh, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't follow the Atlanta Falcons at all, but uh, yeah, it is one of those things where, yeah, McKay used to be uh, in and around the uh, the Falcons setup a lot more. Now he will be uh, kind of more the direct supervisor for Lagerway, like uh, said. But he's apparently Arthur Blank's best friend, apparently, uh, according to Doug Roberson. And yeah, that's fascinating. It's uh, you know someone he trusts clearly. But uh, I mean, is it cause for worry? I mean. Yeah, it, there's always just somebody that will be the intermediary uh, between Arthur Blank and, uh, you know, the CEO and, uh, you know, at least for Ellen United, which is Garth Lagerway. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's a part of the setup, but it is a little bit where, okay, so a guy that doesn't really have a ton of soccer experience will be, uh, I guess, kind of managing... Uh, the soccer operations part of it a bit, uh, or at least overseeing the people that do. Do you uh, do you have some thoughts on this? I heard some people say some things that I think are kind of funny. I don't think they are really relevant to the situation, but I, I thought I'd pass it on. Someone said uh, that this guy is basically like the the Boca Negra of the Falcons coming to Atlanta United. And the way, the reason, like the way he said that is to like convey all of the bad things that Boca did for us. Um, and that like he does that for the Falcons and that like we're doubling up with two bad Bocas essentially now over in Atlanta United, which is hilarious to me because obviously in terms of the corporate hierarchy, there's absolutely nothing that's not going to happen whatsoever. Um, but even so, I don't even think that that analogy is even correct. I don't even think that analysis of what he did there is, is even that. But I just thought it was funny that some people were really saying, like, you know, the sky is falling based on this type of thing, which I, I'm like, I don't know where you're getting this from. Um, this guy does not gonna ha- is not going to have a lot of hands on any kind of soccer operations. I don't think he's going to make Garth do anything, really. Garth is going to be the one still, you know, um, steering the boat. This guy's gonna be hands off. I don't. I mean, the the guy before him, I forget his name, who was in charge of it. I mean, he didn't make Garth or you know Darren Eels do anything really when they were in charge. Um, I think this guy's pretty much gonna do the same thing, um, and he should if he's smart. Let Garth cook, cause you don't need no help. Yeah, it's clear. Yeah, that uh, Garth Lockerway uh, should be the one at the helm, and. Uh, yeah, uh, that's not to say that McKay, uh, you know, was going to be someone that was in the weeds and, you know, micromanaging anything. But, uh, yeah, as a person that uh, is in that uh, area, I mean, it's not like he's going to have zero influence 
and no say. There will be, I think, probably times that, uh, yeah, you know, there will be uh, some decisions that he will be part of. Uh, otherwise, it's just these guys are just lame ducks and just, uh, you know, being paid just to to be around uh, Arthur Blank. I mean, it could be. Must be nice to have a yeah. super rich billionaire as a best friend. Right, exactly. So, I mean, and that very well could be. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, you know, I think, uh, yeah, there are some Falcons fans that were upset uh, with McKay. And that's not without reason sometimes. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, that has any impact. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, some reports saying that's okay. No, nothing to worry about. Hopefully so. But... Uh, yeah, moving on from that, LA United has re-signed EMLS player Apollo Neto uh, for the 2024 and 2025 seasons. Uh, this guy's been showing out for our EMLS side. Uh, yeah, it's basically a couple of Brazilians. And, uh, yep, as uh, Michael is uh, pulling out his controller. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, he's a guy that is winning stuff for us. Can't ask for much more than that. And, uh, yeah, seems like a good ambassador for us on the eSports side of it. So uh, definitely very good. Um, and, yeah, moving on to LA United 2, they signed Academy star Ashton Gordon, like we were talking about earlier in the episode. Uh, yeah, they will uh, expect him uh, to become an LA United first player effective January 1st, 2025 on a contract through 2026 with options for 2027 and 2028. But, uh, yeah, he's a forward. Uh, and, I mean, you know, MLS pro, Next Pro, uh, like, he will pretty much get a lot of looks. And he is only 16 years old, which, yeah, just uh, is humbling in terms of uh, making everyone everywhere feel old. But... <laughs> Like, this kid is, uh, yeah, definitely uh, probably going to go some places. And, uh, you know, it's going to be very exciting. And uh, But last season, he did help lead uh, Atlanta to an uh, MLS Next Cup Championship in the U16 age division in June of 2023. And he led the team with four goals during the playoff rounds of the tournament. So, congrats to Gordon. But, uh, yeah, any, any thoughts on uh, Ashton Gordon? Exciting player. I'm excited to see it. You know how he develops. Um, mm-hmm. You like to see someone already winning at his young age and leading the way. So you know, I think you know, like you said, the trajectory is only up from here. Um, Going to be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Uh, moving on from that, uh, Laurent Kisadu, a uh, former LA United two player and academy player, uh, according to Tom Bogert. Czech club FK, I'm going to butcher this, but uh, Parubice, he's uh, been signed. So the attacking midfielder, uh, 25-year-old, he previously played with Memphis 901. Uh, Yeah, he is now in Europe. And uh, yeah, 128 career USL championship appearances, 13 goals, 9 assists in the last two seasons. Congrats. I mean, Kisadu, uh, yeah, definitely was uh, a bit of a, a standout in uh, some of the age groups that he was in. And, uh, 
yeah, I mean, now, uh, yeah, he gets a move to Europe, and yeah, I mean, 901, Memphis 901 is our next opponent, so the relevance is there, and uh, yeah, so they will be without uh, their creator from last season, uh, yeah, as well, you know, a guy that uh, did have a vendetta against us, uh, you know, when we played them last season, and it was, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a side that's uh, it's familiar. They have a lot of former LA United 2 players, as well as their head coach, of course, one of our uh, former head coaches. But, uh, yeah, in terms of glassy. But, uh, yeah, you know, it will be very, very interesting, uh, I think, how up for it they are this time. I think it will be a little less intense. But uh, <laughs> swear to God, if we lose to Memphis again, <laughs> yeah, right. It's uh, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. But uh, you know, Stephen Glass does. I think yeah. In for a USL side, I mean, he's a very good coach. I think for that, and uh, you know, I think for our starting eleven, that's what's going to be. I guess the question is, are we going to do thirty minutes? Uh, kind of intervals like we were doing uh, in the first match or will it be a little bit more where okay maybe it's playing halves but we'll see uh, I think yeah that starting 11 will I think have a good mixture like we have but uh, I think I personally think it will be 30 minute intervals like the first match uh, yeah incorporate some of the kids as well uh, because it's in Athens. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit of a travel as well. Uh, the team has pretty much mentioned that they are trying to uh, really make sure that, uh, you know, because of all the preseason matches, being on the road, that they are incorporating as many of those uh, away tactics that they need to in order to get ready for the season so that they do play better on the road, unlike previous seasons. But... Uh, yeah, what do you think in terms of starting 11, uh, you know, and the, the rest of the 11s throughout the match? Will it be 30 minutes or 45, something else? I don't see why he won't, why he would change from what he did in the first preseason match. You know, the, the three 30-minute sessions are fine. Um, you know, like you said, give the kids some, some, uh, some space to run. That's great. Give our starting guys... You know, give them all the ability to play. Um, that's fine too. You know, low uh, stress in terms of like injuries, uh, low stress in terms of like, you know, fixture congestion, workload. And uh, keep in mind, they are traveling a lot. So, you know, it's, you know, it's mitigating a lot of these variables that, you know, we are trying to get better on the road. And coming with that is the, trials and tribulations of playing on the road so trying to mitigate that with doing the three 30 minute periods i think is perfectly acceptable at this point in the preseason because you're still working on fitness among other things so once we get into the matches against mls teams i think that that's when you start you know getting down to business and then you start playing your starters almost exclusively you know and the kids unfortunately can stay at home right because the next match after the third uh which uh you know is on saturday 
will be on the 7th, which is going to be on a Wednesday, and that will be in Tampa. So that, I think, spells probably the end for Academy players uh, and uh, you know on the 7th of February. So uh, I think you know this match will see probably the 30-minute heats, but the uh, the 7th, that's where I, I just can't see... You know, us, uh, one, bringing all the kids, two, housing them as well. I mean, that's more money as as well as, uh, you know, because it's basically, they're going to be in Tampa and Miami for some time, uh, you know, at least 10 days or so, uh, probably more uh, to, you know, kind of establish themselves down there and uh, get comfortable, uh, you know, in that heat, in that... Uh, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, it's Florida in January and February. It's it's not going to be the worst, but, you know, there's still going to be a little bit of a difference than what they were training with down here. So, uh, yeah, and plus the humidity. Yeah, some, some getting used to. So uh, I think it's definitely going to be a match that's, uh, you know, we see a lot of players, and it's going to be good. I think we, you know, saw Ashton Gordon. We saw... Uh, you know, some other players that uh, were able to uh, show some things that, yeah, I mean, will be very good going forward for maybe not only Gonzalo Pineda, but for uh, the LNI2 head coach. Uh, and, yeah, there'll be, uh, you know, just some very positives that we can take with us. But, uh, yeah, any other thoughts on, uh, yeah, the next preseason match? Um, I hope we win again i want to continue our undefeated 100 percent win rate going into the season that would be marvelous i want to see goals again i want to see more rhythm more fluidity um you know keep that energy up i want you to practice like you play you know the intensity is always there uh, i don't want to see like you know slacking off and other things like that because you might that might creep into your actual gameplay when you're going against MLS teams during the regular season. So you know, um, I, the the like as Dax was saying, you know, little flubs here and there. Let's get them out of the way. If you, if a ha if a couple happen in preseason, a couple more, that's perfectly fine as long as we get them all out for the start of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, spoken like a a. Uh, head coach there you're, <laughs> you're uh definitely in um kind of scolding mode and uh yeah I mean, hopefully they take that to heart i'm sure gonzalo pineda uh yeah is instilling that and of the show course. absolutely listening and they're definitely yeah, going to absolutely for sure you know but uh <laughs> no i think more that uh you know uh that's that's definitely the, the right ethos to have because yeah you you want to train like how you play and yeah if you uh, take some plays off that's how you get scored on that's what happens and it's uh it's something that we cannot allow to happen with those those boneheaded uh, switching off moments that uh, plagued us last year so uh, hopefully you know we get that ironed out. Uh, yep, that, so that is it for the news, and it gets us into the mailbag, and you guys send in these questions through IG Story, please continue to do so, and we might answer your question in the future, but first question, uh, well, it's a lot of people wondering the same thing, so I'll just name 
everyone who's asked. But uh, Crisco underscore 25, multimedia.mike, doozy.davy, and owen.morefield all mentioned and asked either who will be Almada's replacement? Is Almada going to stay? Who's a good replacement for Tiago Almada? If Almada leaves, who do you think will fill his role? Or does the team get someone new? So, uh, yeah, I'll just let you answer all those questions. I'm sure they all correlate. I I think, um, I mean, it would be ridiculous if Lanny and I didn't have targeted players kind of in their minds uh, in terms of a um, contingency plan, if you will, if uh, Tiago leaves, like in a kind of a quick kind of uh, succession. So we'll see if that is indeed the case. I certainly hope so. I hope they did their homework and their due diligence. Um, I mean, it could be even just like alone, like get a decent player in um, in order to just patch the hole until, you know, another transfer window that Garth likes to operate in can really get the target in that they want. Um, I'm sure they, they probably have like the contingency players outlined and then also the, the real targets that they want to see in that role in, you know, in perpetuity. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that that's indeed the case. So we aren't caught with like our pants down, like halfway through the season, if something were to happen. Um, yeah, that would be extremely disheartening if it would just be, you know, I mean, I, we like Firmino. And if DJ wants to t- give his hand at the uh, the ten roll, like I, we like those players, but they are no Almada, and that would be not necessarily crippling, but it would be it would be hard. It would be we'd limp a bit, I think, with that having sustained that hit. So, um, like I again, these guys they have to have some plans. They have to have something going. If not, I mean, I guess. What that means is they're like, okay, we, we're okay with just kind of taking the hit this season because this is still kind of within Garf's, you know, um, purview of, or like his allotted amount of time to continue the rebuild. So like not winning the cup this year isn't going, is, is you know, not going to like exactly take away from what he's trying to do yet. Um, so I think, you know, if we have to forego winning the cup this year because something like that happens, yet we bring in a whole bunch of money and that's great and all but if you know we that kind of stymies our progress in the season and we have to wait and then we get the the player we definitely need for the season after and then we just kind of go gung-ho garf says the uh, you know the operate uh, the uh the battle station is fully operational then you go for the win and if then if we fail then it's a whole bit you know different can of worms but you know i yeah i i, I think that I, yeah, I, I think I said it all. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's well said. I think it's this. It's uh, so is Almada going to stay? I mean, no, like no player is going to stay. So it's uh, in terms of this season, yeah. I mean, it's it's unlikely that I think he lasts the entire season. I, I think that's that's the uh, you know if he if he isn't transferred in this window, which, I mean, we're running out of days and running out of time in the transfer window. I don't think he's going to move this window, but yeah, the summer window is probably more likely. And after that, that's that's where you hope that there are some contingencies in place by the front office to make sure that they have targets that they're wanting to, uh, you know, 
not only uh, bring in, but can replace the production because that's what's most important as well is that, yeah, you know, he's a player that does a lot for us in our attack. And uh, yeah, it'd be, it's a, I think it's a massive miss. I think, you know, us not having him uh, pretty much, uh, yeah, it's like we faced Columbus without him and we looked <laughs> pretty bereft of anything going forward. Um, so that was on the road. Yes, it's a little bit different, but it is, yes, something that uh, is a cause for worry. Because, uh, yes, we do have to play half our games on the road. It's not, it's not like, uh, you know, we could just, uh, you know, not worry about that. But uh, as far as a, a replacement, yeah, I don't think anybody on the team can uh, replace his production. But, uh, yeah, I think somebody... Uh, maybe in the the sense of you know maybe 24 to 28 uh, in Europe that we can bring in you know that type of uh, level of uh, somebody that maybe is possibly sitting on the bench for a club and uh, you know has the ability but just isn't getting the play time uh, maybe wants to be able to you know kind of not only play for uh, more minutes but also you know, a good amount of money in the just, you know, this fan base, of course, then, uh, yeah, I think we can probably find that type of player. Now, the specifics, I mean, that's that's above our pay grade, I guess, and uh, that's not something that's, uh, you know, we're not scouts. Uh, if we were, it might be a bit different story. Uh, but, yeah, so, uh, yeah, definitely Almada, it's going to be a big miss, but, uh, yeah, we will see what happens now uh moving on from that uh yl novak 14 uh they ask thoughts on cohen i truly believe he can start this season and can be the future for this club what do you think from his one appearance and uh from the yeah kind of hearsay that we've seen on him so far yeah, based on his resume alone, I think he's there's a, there's a shout for him to be able to do that, and I fully expect that to be the case. I don't think that Guzan is going to do the majority of the games. Um, I fully expect Cohen to, like I've said in the past. So that's what I'm expecting, and I hope to see it. And you know, barring some kind of calamity, that should be the case. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, A underscore Widen17 also asks who will start a goalkeeper, and that's, uh, yeah, pretty much like. I mean, outside of the first game of the season, I'm telling you, it's <laughs> going to be Brad, and everyone's going to lose their mind. But, like, yeah. outside of that, yeah. I, I fully believe that Cohen will have the lion's share of the starts. Yeah. I think it would be, yeah, in a sense, very. Uh, what's the word? Uh, it's not nostalgic, but it would be, you know, kind of a. Uh, I guess a way to honor Braguzan, but it also sentimentality. Yes, sentimental. But I think it also, if we're starting him against Columbus, <laughs> who? <laughs> that's a. I don't know. It's a. I, I think it's ill-advised. Yeah, but, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe I'll amend that because, like, I guarantee, I, I would put money on that he starts our first home game. That's what I'm really thinking. Yeah. Away, maybe not so much with Columbus, because again, I mean that's going to be a rough game. You're going to want right. to do your best, and I, 
I, I don't know Pineda's mind, but he might think that Josh is the better option. So I wouldn't be surprised if Josh starts against Columbus, but I, I truly believe he will start in the first home game. Yeah. Uh, Brad, that is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But um, yeah, I don't know if there's going to be too much like rotation of goalkeepers. Uh, uh, it's just, man, like I, it just doesn't happen. You know, like, yes, you had, like, Mikel Arteta with Arsenal and uh, Brighton uh, with Deserby talk about, you know, and Deserby does rotate his keepers sometimes, but it's just not that common in the game. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it unsettles goalkeepers. They, I think, ultimately, they need that stability. They need to know that they are the guy because, yeah, one little fuck up would not like necessitate them to just be, you know, uh, usurped. Um, I think it would be, yeah, you know, I think it's a, a lineage, a, you know, uh, one or two or three matches. That's, uh, you know, it's like, okay, maybe we need to, to see what, uh, the other goalkeeper, yeah, a pattern did. of behavior. Yes. So, but, uh, yep. Uh, next question and last question comes from uh, uh, Patty Ice underscore fourteen. What are your favorite things about game day in Atlanta that makes the Benz special? Really like that question. Yeah, um, for me, it's it's the food. When I get in there, I gotta get my food. Um, there's a lot of great options. There's some I'm gonna even. Uh, there's like I think there's one that was I forget the name of, but I really want to try next time I get in there. Um, Meeting up with my friends, AJ, other people, Atlanta Night Fan TV, uh, fans, viewers, comrades. It's great meeting up with everyone, seeing everyone. Um, let's see, going to you know the the gift shop, getting some swag is always fun. Um, before the game, there's the tailgates we like to go to. A lot of times we'll set up booths, hang out with viewers and fans and friends. Um, sometimes we play some games. Sometimes we just talk. It's a it's a lot of fun. Sometimes there's even some dancing and even some soccer games break out occasionally, which is fun. Um, so that's a lot of fun with those. Man, I said fun a lot right there. That was weird. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's there's a couple of other things as well that I can't think of at the top of my head. Uh, we do like halftime meetups a lot of times. Those are fun. I said it again. It, interesting. I mean, I guess there, it is all fun. So I don't know why yeah. I'm like fighting it. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. The the experience is for entertainment, and that's yeah. what it is. And uh, yeah, I I think uh, you know echo a lot of those things. Uh, and I think one of the other things that uh, yeah, if you uh, go to enough matches and uh, yeah you spot either of us uh, yeah yeah th there might be some moments where um, you know some libations were had and uh, yeah <laughs> it uh, <laughs> is uh, quite quite entertaining and uh, so you know uh, definitely check us out when uh, and say hi we definitely always love hearing from you guys and uh, yeah, it, it makes our day and it you know keeps us going for sure. So yeah, I think that for me is uh, the the best thing about going to matches is seeing you guys and talking to you guys and uh, yeah, 
just uh, don't be afraid to say hi when uh, when you see us. But, but yeah, uh, so yeah, that is the mailbag and pretty much the entire episode, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, which player combination are you most looking forward to seeing in the season? Uh, yeah, definitely a lot of uh, players that have not played together yet uh, for uh little time or any time and uh yeah you know of course Bartosz Schlich, Tristan Muyamba, Stian Gregerson, Luis Abram uh you know maybe it's Thiago Mata and Bartosz Schlich. uh I mean yeah a number of them oh. that uh yeah it should be so much potential quite, exactly quite quite uh quite quite uh high there on the the potential so yeah let us know in the comments below Looking forward to what you have to say. But guys, that is the episode there and there. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe. That's Michael. I'm AJ. Thank you so much for watching, and we will see you in the next video. Bye.